1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. That goes Aquino. It's got a chance. It's gone. Get out the tape measure, long gone.
1: Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to Fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley-Jean.
3: You are listening to the Fly the W 670 podcast. It's season number two. It's episode number 43. Cubs meatloaf. Not good enough. Don't forget to listen, download, review. Most importantly, subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on the socials, fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, fly the W on Facebook, or don't forget you can email us at fly the W670 at gmail.com. Crowley happy uh, beginning of a new week. It's a Monday when you and I are sitting down doing this together and the Cubs are back after a four and six uh, West coast three city road trip. So, Not great, but certainly not as bad as it looked like it could have gone. Uh, what's uh, the uh, how was the weekend for you overall? Overall,
0: good man. I'm excited. I got the bags packed ready for uh, Myrtle Beach on Wednesday, so uh, that'll be fun. Make sure everyone's following because I'll have tons of content from down there. But uh, like you said, four and six is not a bad west coast road trip. But there was this quote that Jed Hoyer put out there. I thought it was interesting. He said, quote, I'd find it hard to two out of three way our way to a really good place. We're going to have a bunch. We're going to have to win a bunch of games in a row. And I think that quote is really important because, you know, we talked the last title of our show was Cubs are 10 games under. Well, they're nine games under two out of three ain't going to cut it anymore. They have to go on a streak. And again, that doesn't mean that. The Cubs are, you know what I mean? Like the season's going to end in a month, but Jed's got to make decisions, right? And so David Ross kind of countered that, said, well, that's more of a 30,000-foot view maybe from the front office would take. I'm focused on winning every day. If it turns into 15 in a row, great. I don't get into a series thinking. I'm happy if we take two out of three, and I'm not if we don't sweep. So I get I get what he's saying, but this is a team that has to go on a run, if they want to get back into this thing, if they want to be considered buyers and not sellers and they're running out of time. So yeah, you know, two out of three, most of the time, you'll always take that. But when you're, when you're nine games under 500 with a bunch of teams in front of you, you don't have the luxury of kind of just taking your time doing two out of three, two out of three, you have to show Jed that this team can compete and it's worthwhile to start looking at either giving out some extensions or adding players.
3: Well, two out of three would be, Okay, over the next nine games. But in six of those nine games coming up, Crowley, they've got the Pirates, the first place Pittsburgh Pirates, three at Wrigley, then the Orioles come in, and then the Cubs go to Pittsburgh. So if you could get on a little bit of a run like Jed Hoyer is calling for, you could really make a dent in that first place Pirates lead right now.
0: Absolutely. It starts with this
3: week. Listen, they are back home. It's been a long time coming. They get a day off today, and then they got three night games in a row against the Pirates at Wrigley Field. You know what? Sweep the Pirates, and now we're talking.
0: Right. and, and, and uh, But here's the trouble is they're having trouble sweeping teams, as we saw in San Francisco, correct?
3: Right. Uh, you know, two out of three ain't bad. I was saying just please don't get swept. Um, Look like the Cubs were on their way. So let's get into it, Crowley. Let's get into the uh, the three-game series against the Giants. Friday night was game one. And uh, Marcus Stroman, who's uh, not only throwing well, but had a lot to say, started in this one.
0: Yep. And what can you say about Stroman other than he's done it again? 12th quality start and his fifth straight win, 6.2 innings, gave up two runs, four walks and five Ks. His ground ball, the fly ball rate was 13 ground balls and no flyouts. I mean, that's just incredible. All the balls are either, he's either striking people out or they're ground balls. I mean, just phenomenal. Only trouble he got in was in the third one with two outs. He walked Lamont Wade Jr. He gave up a single to uh, Jock Peterson, and then Tyro Estrada doubled to give the Giants a one nothing lead. Estrada had a great series, as did former Cub Jock Peterson. He was cruising until the bottom of the seventh when he gave out a one-out double to Brendan Crawford. He got Lamont Wade to ground out to advance the runner to third. That was the end of the night for Stro. and then Mark Leiter was the first out of the pen he gave up a cheap roller to jock that you know you were just trying to blow to the foul area, hit a pebble or something, scored a run, got the final out, and lighter finished the eighth, and Albert closed it out for the ninth. Uh, we we talked about how much we have enjoyed watching Adbert. That was his fifth straight outing without giving out or, uh, giving up a run. And he hasn't allowed an earned run in 11 out of his 12 outings.
3: So yeah, I, mean, I like him. I like him in the in the high leverage situation right now, Crowley. That that's who I want. I, I want Adbert Alzale in all eighth, ninth inning, high leverage situations.
0: I mean, th- this was, this was a perfect setup. He had Stroman going pretty much, you know, all the way into the seventh, you know, he Lighter's going to come in and, and he's going to get the, he's going to pitch the eighth and then Albert closes out in the ninth. That is how you draw it up. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of pitchers don't get all the way uh, into the late into the seventh inning. So you know, from a pitching standpoint, great job. It was another one of those offensively, it wasn't that great. It was another one of those head scratching lineups from David Ross. I mean, when this came out, I'm just looking. Magical leading off, then Talkman, Suzuki, Hap, Swanson, Mervis, Wisdom, Morell, and Barnhart. So uh, a lot of mixing around, and it just really uh, offense continued to sputter. They had two hits and three walks through the first six innings. Two of the walks came in the top of the first A leadoff walk to magical. And then in a bizarre play, magical attempts to steal second on a three, two count to Suzuki Suzuki draws the walk, but because magical popped off the base and Thyro Estrada kept the tag on magical was called out after Gabe Kapler called for a replay. It's one of those things about baseball. I've never seen that in my
3: entire life. Yeah. Sometimes you, you watch enough and you'll see something you never thought possible. Um, I was glad to see Madrigal back up, and I guess so was David Ross because he starts all three games of this series. (laughs) So that's also something that's interesting and makes you go,
0: hmm... Right. And, and so we get to the top of the seventh. sail it off with a single, Hap walks, Swanson would fly out, and Mervis was hit by a pitch to load the bases. We talked uh, on our previous podcast about how the Cubs had the fourth worst average with the bases loaded, but Nico, who didn't start the game, singled up the middle, scoring Suzuki and Hap to give the Cubs a 2-1 to lead. Christopher Morell would then walk, and then Tucker Barnhart, who hadn't had a hit since May 13th, Single to score, Mervis, and that run ended up being the difference of the game. But again, the Cubs had three runs on seven hits, eight total bases. They left six men on base, went two for eight with runners in scoring position. I had a big day reaching base all four times with a double, two singles, and a walk. And Nico, who came into the game to pinch hit for Wisdom in the seventh, was two for two. But in general, when you look at that, I mean, that five out of your hits – Came from those two guys, right? Uh, five yeah, of the it's seven it's hits. Just,
3: just for the record, based on what you just shared with everybody, Tucker Barnhart, May thirteenth. Today is June the twelfth. Right, so it's like first
0: hit in a month. Oof. So, you know, you just can't have two guys accounting for pretty much all of your hits. It's just, you know,
3: again, you know, Roman did a you great won't go job. Any kind of a, you won't go any kind of a winning streak with that happening. No, you will not. No. Game number two, Crowley.
0: Kyle Hendricks versus John Brebbia. The Cubs win this one 4-0. Another weird lineup offensively, and the Cubs only had five hits, but the young guys came through. Christopher Morrell and Matt Mervis had big games. Mervis had his first hit of the game on the top of the third with a 420-foot bomb that bounced into McCovey's Cove. Christopher Morrell broke out of his 0-22 for slump when he homered in the top of the fourth to make it 2 to nothing. And then in the top of the fifth, Morel added two more RBIs with a big two-out single to give the Cubs a 4-0 lead. But the offense, as bad as it was, that wasn't the story. The story yeah, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. game was the professor, Kyle Hendricks, and just his 4 start back coming off the IL. He pitched an absolute masterpiece. He was rolling. He had a no-hitter going into the eighth inning on only 81 pitches. And I'm watching this, you know, and I'm texting people, turn on your TV, turn on... It only took him three pitches to get Michael Comforto to ground out, one pitch to get Mike Yastrzemski Yastrzemski to ground out. And so you're at seven and two third innings of no hit ball, but Mitch Herringer had an eight pitch at bat and finally a double off left center wall to break up the no hit bid. That was the longest no hit bid by any pitcher in MLB this season. Uh, Hendricks would finish up the eighth inning. Julian Merriweather would pick up the ninth. But that was eight innings pitch. He gave up one hit, one walk, three Ks. It wouldn't have gotten that close to a no hitter if it wasn't for a great catch on my, by Mike Talkman, who robbed Brandon Crawford in the third. Probably the best catch I've seen this um, season so far for the oh, Cubs. Oh, it's the
3: highlight. It's the highlight for the Cubs for sure, if not all of Major League Baseball. That was spectacular.
0: And then it was interesting because this was the first time that Kyle used the pitch comm system, and he was calling his own game. But he was working with Miguel Amaya, and they talked about some things. Uh, K- uh, Kyle really praised Miguel Amaya. He is the first Cubs rookie in his debut season to catch a one hinder one hitter since Steve Lake caught Chuck Rainey August twenty fourth, nineteen eighty three. Long, long ago.
3: What did you think of the um, the hit that? Went off the wall. I saw on social media quite a few people had an issue with Ian Hap not trying hard enough, asking him to jump. He did look a little um, rough when the ball came off the wall, but did you think that was a ball that Ian Hap should have been in a position to catch? It looked like the exit velo on that thing was yeah. really high.
0: I think the exit velo was way too much. I don't, I mean. No, I don't think, I, I think that's a really hard catch to make. It wasn't like one. No, I, I never thought that that was going to be a ball that it was caught. And I think uh, Hendricks said he thought that was, the ball was out.
3: Okay. So, I, mean, I just wanted to ask you, I want to get your yeah. opinion. I thought it was worth, uh, it was worth <laughs> bringing up. And uh, yeah, I agree. It really interesting that uh, Hendricks calling his own game. And I wonder since he had that kind of success with it, if it's something that you know, Tommy Haddavy and David Ross will be okay with him doing yet again, even if Gomes is back there or if Barnhart was back there.
0: I I think they're going to continue with Amaya with him. I really think that that's a good combination because I think that Amaya can learn a lot from Hendrick. So I hope to see the two of them together some more.
3: All right, so Cubs take the first two of three. And then on Sunday afternoon, Hayden Wisnitski's on the mound. Cubs looking for the sweep. Yep, Wesnitski
0: versus John Brebia. And you're going to be asking yourself, Crowley, didn't you just say John Brebia started game two? Yes, as an opener, and he started game three as well. The Again, previous something
3: t- <laughs> I don't know that we've ever seen, Crowley, right? I, have we ever seen this? I, I know we've got a stat coming up, but my gosh.
0: I have not because I was not alive last time it happened. The previous time it happened, the Cubs faced the same pitcher in consecutive games on consecutive days. Jack Sanford of the Giants started against the Cubs August 2nd and August 3rd, 1963. So
3: <laughs> I again well, for, the, I've record, never seen for that. the record, I wasn't around then either, Crowley.
0: <laughs> the good news, Cubs won the first series against San Francisco in 10 years. 10 years. But the bad news, they couldn't complete the sweep as they played just a god-awful game. And Dustin, our friend, full count Tommy, he's been on the show before. He put this tweet up earlier. The Cubs are now. Four insert 16 in the planned final series of a game. So, and that's one in six after winning the first two games of the series. So, I mean, just absolutely awful on the final game of the series. And I, I don't think that, that, you know, I'm trying to think back if, if you know, David Ross is putting, it's not like clearly putting in getaway day lineups, but I do not, that, that seems something funky. I don't know what it
3: is, but but that's weird. Yep. It, it's a that's a funky one. No doubt about it.
0: You know, you, you figured four and sixteen. I mean, that's not even, you know, that's not even close. And and then that's what we talk about about like, you know, needing to win games in a row. If you can you can never win the final game of the series. I mean, it, it's no. it's irritating.
3: Yep, super and, irritating. And, so, and and then the kind of a funky lineup again, right? Um, and then deciding to rest guys because they were getting today off as well, trying to get guys off their feet, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, everything was a disaster. Pitching starter Hayden Wisniewski hit the first battery face, then gave up a two-run homer to former Jock Peterson to put the Giants up 2-0. Hayden got the second inning uh, without any damage, but then another two-home run homer to Jock in the in the third. That made it 4-0. Wisniewski allowed the first two base runners in the fourth before being pulled, and then it just got worse from there. The bullpen was a complete disaster. <laughs> Fulmer gave up one run that was charged to Wisniewski. Brandon Hughes came on and gave three runs on three hits and couldn't get out of the inning. Rucker finished it up. Jeremiah Estrada gave up two runs. And Jeremiah, uh, and Javier Assad gave up three runs on five hits and one walk.
3: The I'm bullpen, really upset with I'm – really, I'm really disappointed the last couple of times we've seen Assad.
0: Absolutely. And, and the bullpen in general, its ERA is now 473 and its whips 141. That is both third worst in the league. The, P- the Cubs pitching gave up 13 runs on 15 hits, four of them home runs, two of them to Jock Peterson. Let's talk offense. Think it's any better? No. They scored three runs on seven hits, three walks. The Giants committed, Dustin, four errors. And I'm telling you, they were sloppy errors. It wasn't like a bad, you know, scorer's call on this. Balls off the glove, throwing balls away. The Cubs went 0 for 15 with runners in scoring position. They left 11 men on base. The Giants were trying to let them come back, and and they couldn't. And to add insult to injury, the Cubs let veteran infielder Brandon Crawford pitch to the Cubs in the ninth, and they
3: couldn't score a run off him. I think he'd only needed 20 pitches to get through the inning, Crowley. 20 pitches. That's also embarrassing
0: that that's basically rubbing the Cubs nose in it. And I oh, it's you know exactly what it is. And you know what? Good. I'm glad that I'm glad that happened. And I'm glad it happened because the, I hope they take in umbrage and insult to that and start to really, you know, they need to do better, but, but, it's hard to, you know, for the offense to get fired up when the bullpen was just so awful. And this has just been something we've talked about. I mean, obviously, the offense, we've talked about their inability to hit for power, hit with runners in scoring position. But this bullpen's been a disaster. If you take a look at the free agents that they signed, Dustin, Julian Merriweather, better of late, 362 ERA. But they signed Brad Boxberger, 552 ERA, and he's injured. Michael Fulmer signed him, 593, bad. The guys that came back from last season, Michael Rucker, 497. Only one lefty in the pen, and he's been god-awful. Brandon Hughes with the 724 ERA. Those multi-inning options we were so excited about, Keegan Thompson, 422 in AAA right now. Javier Assad, 561. And the young prospects that they've called up, Jeremiah Estrada, 675, and Nick Birdie, 9. I mean, these... You're literally talking about your whole bullpen, other than Merriweather, Leiter, and Alzali have an ERA of five or above.
3: No, that's bad. That's real bad, Crowley. <laughs> so, real I mean, it's,
0: it's you combine that with an offense that struggles to score runs. That, that's, that's why you're nine games under 500, and they need to figure this out in a hurry.
3: In a hurry is right. This is season two. It's episode number 43, Cubs Meatloaf. Not good enough. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. In this segment, Crawley interviews Danny Rocket, lead singer of the legendary Bleacher Bum Band.
0: Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, I have the lead singer of the Bleacher Bum Band, the host of the Sun Ranto Show, and the bard of the bleachers, Mr. Danny Rocket. Danny, how you doing today, buddy?
2: Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, Cubs have won the last two games. Kyle almost had a no-hitter last night, and so I'm feeling pretty good because I know you and me both live and die by how the Cubs do this time of year. And um, I'm also feeling good about um, this album that, we just, that the Bleacher Bump Band just put out, and I, I appreciate you having me on your pod to uh, talk all about it.
0: Yeah, you the Bleacher Bum Band. Now, in case our listeners aren't aware, the Bleacher Bum Band, it, I, I describe you guys as kind of like punk rockabilly for Cub fans. And I mean, I know it's hard to kind of pigeonhole you guys because your sound is so eclectic, but you guys really are the band for Cub fans and anybody that's around Wrigley Field. And so when your first album dropped, uh, I think it was what, 2021? Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, we we had attempted to drop it in 2020, but if I uh, actually don't think about what happened, just yeah, 2021 is when the, the first album came out, and uh, it, we, we had a lot of fun putting that together just because it gave us something to do while we were all stuck at home uh, finishing that record.
0: And, and it came out, and, and to me, it was a huge hit, and cup fans everywhere just absolutely fell in love with it. You know, coming back to Wrigley is one of my favorite songs. Cup Snake's guy still makes me laugh. And of course, the legendary ballad of John Baker. And so you are a band out of Chicago. And obviously, you know, you, like I said, you're the lead singer. You are the uh, rhythm guitarist. Tell us about the other guys in the band.
2: Well, uh, you all know Bleacher Jeff. If you're a Cubs fan, you don't know Bleacher Jeff. Then I don't know where you've been living under a rock or something like that. He's good friends with uh, Ian Happ and a lot of the bullpen because he's out there in the left field well every single day uh, cheering on the Cubs, usually with a big, big gold cup of Budweiser in his hand. But you can't miss him. He's a giant ogre of a man. He's He's got big hair and a big beard. And you, and you can see him from really, really anywhere in the ballpark, unless you're stuck behind a pole. You can probably see him as well as you can see Ian Happ. Uh, if not better, he's bigger than Ian Happ. So, um <laughs> You know, we met out in the bleachers. In fact, I think we met at spring training. We don't even remember the day we met. But uh, in the bleachers, him and I were sitting there watching a ball game uh, down there in the left field well. And uh, he told me that he's got a a recording studio. And so – That's uh I was like, Oh, really? Let's go over there and and jam. He's like, Oh, my brother-in-law might want to play with us. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, Well, let me bring my bass player from my other band. And all of a sudden, Bleacher Bump Band is bored, literally in the bleachers. But uh, that's how Bleacher Jeff ended up getting to be part of the band. Uh Jarrett Gable is our bass player, and we've been going to Wrigley Field together since we were. I don't know, 12, 13 years old, something like that. Our parents were older parents, so they they didn't really care about the dangers of Wrigleyville in the 80s, and they would just let us go down there uh, by ourselves um, and uh, enjoy a ball game in the bleachers. So we've been doing that for years. We reconnected years and years later, and lucky for me, the dude's an awesome guy. I mean, I didn't see him basically since age 16 all the way to age 40. Four or something like that. <laughs> like so, it was just thirty years gone, and then uh, he comes back into my life. He plays bass for my band now. Like it's it, it, and it's and we're both huge Cubs fans. Um, the there's two stories about drummers. The drummer on the album is a guy named Darko Kurjak, and he lives in Serbia. And he's fa- he's uh in a famous band called the Party Breakers, which is a really great band. And you probably would like it more if you speak Serbian. <laughs> but because it's all in Serbia, but it's a great rock band. They've been around for a long time and they're kind of famous. Like they play stadiums and they've got summer tours and they're playing really big events out there. And um, uh, but he played his wife was going to uh, Northwestern as, as a costume designer. And so our old bass player, Aljin is a Bosnian guy hooked us up with this Serbian drummer. He ends up being our drummer for a little bit of time. Like in twenty nineteen, he goes back to, to Serbia he is actually on our first record too, because we had to record everything remotely at that time, but he's such a great drummer that when our drummer quit our regular drummer, Mikey Southside, who by the way, was a Sox fan. So wasn't a great fit. Anyway, when he quit, <laughs> I called up Darko. I'm like, Hey man, do you have time to record the drums for another, uh, bleacher bum band? because um, we had album, cause we hadn't found a new drummer yet. So, uh, so Darko recorded all the drums for this album out in Serbia. So that's kind of a fun little story. I, I don't even know if he understands baseball because, you know, <laughs> it's not a big sport out there. But our new drummer is awesome. Young guy, huge Cubs fan. We call him i do not – we're trying to think of a name for him. Uh, his name's Tony, but we can call him like Tony Terrific, Tony Two Toms. You know, we, we're not sure. We, we need a, a Cub fan nickname for him. So that's who else is in uh, the Bleacher Bum Band when you'll see us live, uh, you know, when we play this summer.
0: Yeah, and 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 that's the fun thing is I got to see Tony play with you guys over on opening day uh, at Output, and it was an absolute blast, and everybody was loving it. And so, of course, on six nine, you drop the new album. I love the cover uh, for those of you subscribing to the YouTube channel Six Seventy The Score. You can see this picture of the album cover right here, and it's perfect. Out of left field, which is where you guys hang out, and the picture is from Ballhawk Corner. On Waveland and Kenmore, and I mean, I think that name is just pretty self evident, right?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of works in both ways. And in the fact that there's the old phrase, like, you know, if you're a little, you know, uh, neurodivergent, they say, yo, he's coming out of left field, and we're all kind of those kind of gentlemen in this band, uh, <laughs> I would say, uh, at the well, at this point in our existences, and um, you know, of, of course, we actually do hang out in left field, and it has a very Huge Cubs tie-in because I know you know, just such a uh you know scholar of Cubs history where the out of left fields comes from. And it's is it, it's the old uh west side grounds. West side grounds,
0: yeah. They used to have an insane asylum in left field, and you yeah. supposedly could hear people like screaming and laughing and all sorts of weirdness coming out of there. And it was actually
2: uh out in left field was the original uh phrase of it, and you know, just how the etymology of phrases go as you work through time um, it became out of left field and now it became an album
0: well it looks you know I got you you sent me some uh, copies of the song and of course some of them I've heard before some of them I heard for the first time but I absolutely fell in love with this album. There are nine songs representing nine innings and it's really a good mix. You know, it is what the Bleacher Bum does best, which is, you know, putting the Cubs experience in songs and it's, it's got something for everybody. So, you know, there, you know, you got the, we are the Cubs, which is a good album kickoff hug watch, which, you know, a lot of times I know that you kind of, your songs go in different iterations as things change, but, Obviously, when it comes time to the trade deadline, especially the last few years, we've seen a lot of hug watching. Um, Blue Friday, I believe you and I were at that game when after the game they traded Rizzo and they proceeded to trade uh, Baez and Bryant was with minutes left to go before the trade deadline. Uh, the ballot of Poncho Boy, for those on Twitter, just, just an absolute crack up for those that know the story of Bleacher Jeff's seat being taken by somebody that comes to less than 20 games. You got a tribute to 1969. And then I laughed at Steve Garvey's hairy arms just because you and I have talked <laughs> about that 84 team in our in our young introduction to disappointment. You got Damn Steve Bartman. And then the last song is Steve Stone, which is I I've, I've talked to you about it. it. Being a deadhead, the dead just played this weekend. It's got like a, a very very punky but psychedelic vibe that I absolutely love. And like, I don't know, like you're your a lot of your songs are very up tempo. And this is just kind of gives me a little chill time to just kind of jam and 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 sway along with the music, man. So just a <laughs> just a great album and that's what I'm usually doing at that time is sway into the music if not staggering
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that last one to steve stone we we've been joking about it that we call it two chords in the truth <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's the only kind of socks related and this is for the whole city of Chicago. And it, the one song you failed to mention, it was old style, which there's a couple of songs on here that are just Chicago centric, you know, and that, you know, old style is, even though it's brewed in Wisconsin, it's, it is known as like the Chicago These old style signs everywhere. Uh, that one was actually co-written by bleacher Jeff. Cause we were thinking like, Hey, what Chicago things can we write about? And, um, old style, just top of top of list as, as it were. But, um, yeah, well, I mean, I hope that Chicago digs this album and Cubs fans, I think will relate to it at the very least.
0: I, you know, and, and, and it's one of those things too, that you do remind me of the dead, that even though your songs are great on the album, it's even more fun. It's more of a trip seeing it live, man. So we'll, we'll talk about some of the gigs, but Danny, you've been kind enough to take out the old guitar and uh play us a couple of tunes here off the new album so for those of you that want again this is a different version this is an acoustic version that danny's going to be performing but if you want to hear the whole album with these songs absolutely we'll give you we'll talk to you about how you can do that but what are we hearing first here danny
2: well, I, I'll uh, I guess I'll start with Hug Watch, you know, and I'll preface it by I'm not going to play the whole song of any of these, you know, I'll just give you like a little snippet of them, because um, you should really go and hear the songs how we mixed them and intended them and everything with Jeff and Jared and uh, Darko playing on it, but uh, you know, as you said. We've been doing a, and it looks like this year might be no different um, in that we, that we're going to be end up watching at the end of July for our favorite players being traded off the Cubs. At least this year, it won't be quite as it's not your Rizzo's and your core dudes. But anyway, I wrote this song based upon a um, lot, lot of hug watching. Hug, watch, watching for hugs. All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs. Hug a watch. Hug a watch. Hug a watch. What do you got? Don't want to give up nothing, but you want to get a lot. Division contenders want to take all of the players While you're filling up the system with a bunch of teenagers Hug, watch, watching for hugs All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs Hug, watch, watching for hugs All your favorite players getting traded from the Hug, watch Hug, watch And then there's a couple more verses.
0: I'm just nervous. It's going to be a stro hug watch. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well,
2: especially after how he's been pitching, and like, you know, I think I don't. You know, I know everybody says he's older, and you, but he's not that old. And and you're kind of like, well, then who? Then who will be pitching then? Because I'm not sure otherwise.
0: Can you imagine what Cubs history would have been like that instead of getting Cole Hamels, they ended up getting Justin Verlander?
2: Would have been nice. And I mean, and wouldn't it be nice if the Cubs, okay, don't get stro, but
0: give me Otani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that so much to ask? Otani or bust baby. Well, what, what, what do you got next for us here? <clears throat> well um,
2: I guess I, I need to preface this one. Um, it's that uh, I'll, I'll I'll do the ballad of Poncho Boy, which is uh, the at least I'll do a verse from it, which I'll preface. You mentioned there was a, a, a season ticket holder who one day tried to exact his vengeance upon uh, Bleacher Bum Band's guitar player, Bleacher Jeff, who always sits down in the left field well. So uh, apparently one day Jeff was saving some seats down there for all his friends and some guy came and he wanted to sit there. And Jeff said, well, these seats are saved. I'm saving them for my friends. And he had a towel down and whatnot. So it made the guy really mad. And he just sat there, but he stewed about it the entire time, you know, was, <laughs> was, was, not happy. And then a couple weeks later, the guy drove back from Iowa with, you know, fire in his eyes. And um, it, he had a plan and that plan was to uh, run to Jeff's, usual seat. And I understand it's general admission and it's not his seat. It's not, it doesn't have a number and a row printed on it, but um he went and he quote unquote stole the seat. Now, you know, it's fair game, uh, the seat, but uh Jeff went up there. He said, Hey buddy, you know, like just so you know, I usually sit here. I'll buy you a beer. If you let me sit here, the guy's like, absolutely not. I got here <laughs> first this is my seat. So, and then the funny thing about it is that uh, it rained that day. It was a bobblehead day and you had to get there early to get the seat in the first place. And you had to get there early to get the bobblehead. But that man and his girlfriend or wife sat there or or abused friend (laughs) sat there in that first row, the, the left field well, all game for seven hours straight in the pouring rain they would not relinquish the seat jeff was down in the tunnel i'm not going to sing the whole but in the whole song you'll hear the entire story of it but um uh i'll just play a verse so you kind of get what it's all about so um what key is this in oh yeah A bobblehead Saturday in the rainy month of May A smattering of Bleacher fans were waiting at the gate Fans began to stream to go see their favorite team They made three separate lines to pass through security There was one man who had a plan and knew just where to go Run to section 504 and down to the first row he had come prepared for rain with a plastic poncho He'd get revenge with his girlfriend without getting soaked And he sat there in the rain for seven hours straight He sat right through the weather that had made the game delayed With his plastic poncho on, he sat all afternoon alone.
0: That's why I'm writing Poncho Boy this song. Ah, uh, and again, I'll never forget that day and and the 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 tweet, <laughs> the twit, the tweet, and and people's reaction. It was it was one of those things where you just got that popcorn GIF, where you're just kind of just watching this. <laughs> thing. <play.
2: laughs> yeah. And, and I love those, you know, kind of little stories about being a part of the ballpark fabric. It's like, that's like on our first album, the Ballad of John Baker was just some random game in 2014 where the backup catcher happened to get the win. And then that becomes like an anthemic, uh, you know, song that the Bleacher Bump band does all the time. And it, like this one, uh, same thing, you know. It's just like you just take these dumb stories that happen at the ballpark because you never know what you're going to see and or what's going to happen, whether it be to the fans or to the players or to the game or whatever. And this was, uh, you know, Jeff will never live it down. You know, <laughs> that's for sure. You know, um, and neither will Poncho Boy because now he's enshrined in, train, in and song.
0: He is part of Cubs lore. All right, give me, give me. Can you do me some Steve Garvey's hairy arms, or what? Do you, what do you think? Oh
2: sure, yeah, I'll give you a little Steve Garvey's hairy arms. Because this is our first. I know you were around there in 1984. I was 10 years old, and I remember uh, those games. And it's you know, it stayed up late to to watch that one when Lee Smith gave up the homer in the bottom of the ninth. And the next day, the Cubs were winning in Game Five, and it all kind of went South. And, uh, so this is like, it's kind of funny. It's a, it's a bit of a psychedelic number, but it's a, like, it's, it's all about like basically childhood baseball trauma. <laughs> so, and,
0: and, and again, this, this image of Steve Garvey with his little arm in the air, all hairy and gross yeah. sticks with you. So let me hear what you got. Well,
2: and you know, also just you know, what, what timing I have now because it, I think he's going to run for office right now in
0: California. I saw on the news. So, um, He's he's also coming to Rosemont for the national show in July. Mm. So I've been looking everywhere to find a picture of Steve Garvey's hairy arms. I can't find a good picture of him doing that, but uh, he's going to be in Chicago. So maybe you just want to go there and heckle him. I have no idea.
2: Well, I'll go (laughs) play him the song. I'll bring it. Hey, Steve, I wrote a song about you. (laughs) When I was just a boy at 10 in 1984. Before I drank it old-style, on my first shot of Malloy, The Cubs played San Diego to be champs of the NL. Won the first two games at Wrigley, but it all went to hell. The Padres put up seven to put away game three. A homer off of Frazier and five on Eckersley. Then in a seesaw battle in critical game four, the Cubbies lit up Gossage and they evened up the score. His second inning in the bottom of the ninth He got a strikeout swing And everything was going fine Then Lee gave up a single Off the bat of Tony Quinn Steve Garvey hit a home run The Padres got the win He ran around the bases With his fist held in the air His wrist up to his elbow Was all covered in hair It's a painful memory That broke my prepubescent heart But I got to be Oh, sorry, I screwed up. But I got PTSD from Steve Garvey's Hairy Steve Garvey's Hairy Then there's another verse.
0: I can, like I said, still picture that, like you said, that home run to Lee Smith and he looks like he's in shock after giving it up. Definitely some PTSD yeah. now.
2: Or, or TPS or whatever the hell I was about
0: to say. PTSD, Smith, you It's live, man. It's live. That's the fun thing. Now, if anybody is interested, they can go to your Bleacher Bum Bam streaming pages. You guys are on all the services, Spotify, YouTube. not yet. Not yet. Not yet. The 17th.
2: Yeah, well, it, it it's funny how it works. It just kind of gets un uh, you know unleashed little by little by whatever the individual streaming services decide to put it up. But uh, yeah, it should be right around the seventeenth. Really, what what on the seventeenth is more of a celebration of releasing the album that we're going to do at output lounge on uh, right after the ball game after the Cubs play the Orioles. Um, right right after that's done. We'll be over at Output Lounge, which is just north the Wrigley Field on Clark. You see a picture of me and Bleacher Jeff there on opening day um, that you took that picture, huh? I did. Yeah, that's a good one. That's calendar material. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we uh, so yeah, so we we're we're. we're, we're "Quote unquote releasing it or celebrating it that, but that day. But right now, you can. What we're doing is, I know people don't consume music this way anymore, which is really a shame for musicians, to be honest, because it makes it hard for us to sell our music, you know, and uh, and really do this for a living. It makes it." it difficult to have a financially viable musical project, but so what we're doing is we're selling a t-shirt instead of an album, but it's called the shellbum. It's a shirt, it's an album, and you get to download the record. You could also just, when I give you the link, you can download it off of Google drive, listen to it and whatever you listen to things on. And you can also, of course, stream it from Google drive because Google drive allows you to stream it from there before it hits all the major streamers. There's also, um, uh, a different version of the song you just heard called Steve Garvey's hairy arms with, with actually some real audio of that moment oh, cool. and a psychedelic beginning and ending, but I couldn't release it that way. Cause you know, the express written consent of major league baseball was, was not obtained <laughs> uh, or, or tried to be, a, I don't want to deal with that stuff. So I'm like, ah, it's just a little moment, but I can give it to the people who buy the shallbum, which is a bleacher bum band shirts, black with like fluorescent says bleacher bum band, kind of in the style of the old 1980s and uh, nineties shirts. It's fluorescent uh, lettering, which is back in. Um, I'm wearing a tie dye right now, as you can see with bright colors. And um, so uh, you can buy the shallbum. If you go to sunranto.com, which is my podcast slash slash bleacher bum band. And shirt you,
0: and an album that's quite sh- the deal
2: shirt and an album or you could just buy the shirt or just buy the album depending on how you want to do it um it's also like available to our five dollar patreon subscribers at sunranzo.com. uh you get it that way we bleach your bum band also has a patreon so look that up uh patreon.com slash bleacher bum band and you can get all of our music anytime we put out like a parody song or or know about gigs we have uh, plans to do special events for our patreon members and special releases also our patreon members have heard versions of these songs as we've been writing them and mixing them um because you know i've sent out demos and just to Kind of like test balloons in a way, you know, but you get to hear this stuff first and kind of see the process if you're a patron. And those people already received the album as well. So um, and then by the 17th, it should be on all the Spotify's and the YouTube music's and the Pandora's and the uh, whatever the title. I don't know
0: (laughs) And and again, d- d- just a reminder on the 17th, you guys will be playing uh, the album debut party at, at Output in Wrigleyville, right on Clark Street. Best Wings in Wrigleyville. Yeah. Uh, up approximately around 5 p.m. You never know with games and this and that. Free show, and there's tons of raffle prizes, which I always love. They're always hilarious. I don't know if the Nick Magical bobblehead will be making its return, but...
3: uh,
2: I actually managed to give that away. Yeah, that's a good point, Carl. You always help us, too, when you come out to the gigs. Uh, Unfortunately, you won't be around for this one, but uh, we have a raffle, and we have all sorts of Cubs bobbleheads and... I got a luggage tag and it, we'll give away a, a shirt or two. And um, it, so there's always something, you know, fun that we l- like to make it fun for Cubs fans, get a little gear out there. And um, yeah, it's just a good time. It will play a play, play for probably about an hour. And um, it's free, like you said, but it, you better get there because I know a lot of people are planning to even come in from out of town. I'm super excited to see a lot of our fans. And also we have another gig coming up. Uh, it, We're kind of doing a, a, a well, we're, Going to South Bend, Indiana on July 8th, we'll be singing the national anthem before the game. And then we're playing at a place called McCormick's Coney Island, right downtown uh, South Bend. They're a really great dive bar. Looking forward to rock it out. We'll play after the South Bend Cubs game there. So uh, two chances to see us coming up, and then we'll we'll add some more dates throughout the summer.
0: And I can tell you, uh, we, we we went to South Bend before, and uh, they, they they remember us very clearly. <laughs> it was quite the event, but you know, like I said, you guys, the Bleacher Bum Band, are part of the fabric of the Wrigley Field experience. Um, I really, if you're you know hearing about this band for the first time, they're also on Twitter at Bleacher Bum Band. Uh, you can also follow Danny, and he'll always have information about the Bleacher Bum Band at at Sun Ranto. And so really, like I said, download it, listen to it. And I guarantee you, I I can just tell you as a Cub fan, there's just so much to love and enjoy about this band. I'm really excited for you, Danny, and can't wait to, to see what happens this summer and catching you live.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you're always like a, a huge part of our shows, Crawley. And, you know, just up there singing our songs back to us and, and getting the crowd into it. And, you know, it's, it's just a great party. And uh, the more, the merrier, as far as I'm concerned. And, and also, I want to say, like, uh, you know, good. Uh, have a nice trip to Myrtle Beach. Go tell those kids. We're all counting on them up here in Chicago.
0: The birds are in first place. The birds are hot. So cup fans have faith. Follow Sunranto. Follow the Bleacher Bum Band. Download the Shalbum. I don't You don't get the shirt, but well, order the Shalbum. How's that? Yeah, shirt, and, album, Shalbum. Yeah, it's all good. And thank you so much, Danny, for coming on here. And I And like I said, get this album. Buy it. Yeah, buy it.
3: All right, Crowley, great interview there. Again, this is season two. It's episode 43. Cubs meatloaf, not good enough. Let's take a look at some uh, news and notes and uh, get a preview of the, yes, Crowley, first place Pittsburgh Pirates at Wrigley, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night.
0: Yeah, there was all sorts of news, and you kind of teased it out in segment one a little bit. Marcus Stroman, always active on Twitter, isn't he? And so let's start Strowman again with another great start. And you just take a look here. He's uh, Marquis tweeted this out for all the people that are subscribed to the fly. The W uh, chan- um, and the score YouTube channel Marquis sports network right here. Put on here. He has 12 quality starts. He leads MLB 242 ERA second in NL. 104 whip leads the NL. 191 opponent batting average leads the NL. 85.2 inning pitch leads the NL. He's clearly one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitchers in the NL. And a lot of people were tweeting out these stats. And then Stroman replied to somebody, uh, Chief Cub, and he said, my agent and I made multiple attempts to engage them on an extension. Club wasn't interested in exploring it now. We'll see how it plays out. Love everything about the Cubs organization. Now, obviously this got a lot of people's attention and he was interviewed in the athletic and he said, I'm just being straight up and real and honest with the negotiations. I want nothing more than to be a cub. I kill myself 24 seven on and off the field to perform well, to keep my body in position, keep my mind in position. I truly believe I prepare like nobody else. So I know my worth. We've been going to the front office from spring training very open that I want to be here. We've continued these thoughts up until now. There's been nothing from their side. No offers, no talks, really, at all. And Dustin, we've been through this before with a lot of people angry that they don't feel that the Cubs make a, a, a good faith effort in negotiations.
3: And that's fine, but guess what? This isn't going to help. Going going to social media and having podcasts like ours and shows like the Mully and Haw show and all the other shows on 670 to score, that's not going to help. That is not going to help what Marcus Stroman wants to do. They, they are not going to like this. And he does not have age working on his side, number one. Number two, as we started the show, we don't know, we as a fan base, we as a Cubs organization, do not know where the Cubs are going yet. Okay, And Marcus Stroman, what he could bring back from a contender is a Brinks truck at the at the moment well so,
0: we do we do have um you had uh what is it uh who was on mullion haw that you had on here today you had uh john Heyman. john Heyman talking about the extension and and we have a clip from that right here
1: yeah i i still think Strowman would i i think Strowman has been consistently good this year um you know giolito's certainly been hot lately and very talented pitcher who's been a little bit up and down, but certainly has potential. So, uh, you know, I would say Stroman would have a little more value, but I think they both have big value. This is really a seller's market. And what I mean by that is that anybody who's selling, anybody's going to get a big, big premium. Just about every team is going to be looking for starting pitching. Who's in the race? And, uh, you know, there are uh, – at this point, very few sellers, and some of the sellers, like the Royals, the A's, they don't have much in the way of starting pitching to sell. So if you're one of those teams in the central that's looking, you know, like on the kind of on the cusp of a bad race, um, it may behoove you to actually become a seller. You know, I, I could see Bieber with the, with the Guardians. Potentially uh, getting a uh, big haul, but I certainly see Stroman and Giolito also getting big hauls. I, I would say Stroman more than Giolito, but both would get a lot.
3: Okay, there we have it. So tomorrow we're going to have uh, Jim Callis on, and we're going to talk to Jim Callis. He knows every prospect that's out there, not just with the Cubs, but all over the place. And We're going to ask him what type of guys might be available from teams like, let's say, the Braves or the Orioles or other teams that might be buyers and what they have in their farm system that you might get in return. And I, at this point, Crowley, if you're going to trade Strowman, I need better than a scratch off ticket. One of the guys that comes back needs to be somebody that can play every day is a positional player or a DH that plays every day. If you want Marcus Strowman, because Marcus Strowman on one of those teams is probably going to be a, a two or a three and you need three starters in the playoffs. And he would be filling that role for, for a contender.
0: Now, 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 here's my problem here, Dustin. And, and this is what doesn't make sense to me, is that Stroh went to Jed Hoyer at the beginning of spring training and his people, and I'm, I have no reason to to doubt him on that. We're, we're at a different phase. So when we talk about Lucas Giolito, you see the window closing for the White Sox, and it may t- be time for them to pack it up and roll it in. But with the White Sox, or with the Cubs, what have you done? You just signed... Dansby Swanson to six years. You just extended Nico Horner and, Horner and Ian yep. Happ for another yep. three years. So you're right now, you're supposed to be in the position. Say to- Suzuki's
3: on that same timeline as Dansby Swanson. Jamison Tyone's on that same timeline. So you're talking, but they still, they listen, we said it from the beginning. We're going to keep banging it on this podcast. They are in desperate need of a big offensive bat. They are in desperate need if they want to win the central of a big offensive bat. And you know what? Buy is a big offensive bat, thirty million dollars a year. I think they Cubs are in more need of a big offensive bat than four more years of Marcus Stroman. But but you you have to understand
0: here. Let's let's look at things, okay? And you, I know you... we'd
3: like both, sure.
0: Right. And, and and it, you know, I know the free agent market isn't great right now, but I think part of it is guys underperforming right now. And this is what you get when you have young players like Matt Mervis or Christopher Morales. You're going to go through extended slumps. But I would prefer to have you. You need a rotation. You, you, Kyle Hendricks is, is up after next year. You, then So, I mean, you saw how Hayden struggled so far this year. You have other pitchers in the minors like Jordan Wicks and Ben Brown, who's been on this show.
3: And you're hoping Justin Steele is going to come back in a couple of weeks, right?
0: Right, but there is no guarantee. As you can tell with these young guys, you're going to have your learning curves and you're going to have your ups and downs. It's very rare that a guy just comes up and starts killing it right away and has no slumps. And so if you're telling me you're going to get rid of Marcus Stroman, and I don't know 100% what's with Justin Steele. And we don't know what we have, if it, you know. God forbid, if something happens, he ends up with Tommy John or or something to that degree. Now you're telling me you're going to be out Marcus
3: Stroman, you're going to be out uh, Justin Steele, and you're going to be out Kyle Hendricks? Well, that might be, Crowley, and what you're saying are all the things, if you and I are talking about it, these are things, obviously, that Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins are talking about. They don't owe Stroman anything right this second. So nope. I think it doesn't do him any good to be, hey, just so you know, if it doesn't turn out the way you fans want, I've been trying. I, I, I just think, don't I don't see I don't see how that gets things going. I don't see I, I don't see why Jed or Carter need to respond or say, okay, fine, we'll text your agent.
0: You know what though? I a hundred percent agree, but he's just ma- staking out his claim. And I think that there was, John Heyman has another clip here where, and we don't have to play it, but he's just talking about, oh, he's had problems in the past. He had a problem with one team in the past, and that was the New York Mets. And John Heyman's a New York guy. And there right, is but, a lot of bad there I mean, There's been more be- than that,
3: right? I mean, he's he's been
0: on, how many teams does he pitch for? I know with Toronto, I mean, everything went fine for the most part. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I don't, I think the big problem and the misconception comes with what happened with the Mets. And I think that that was a really messy divorce, so to speak. And so I think that Strowman's just putting it out here that this is where he wants to be. And I don't think there's anything wrong with getting ahead of the story. And then all of a sudden, you saw what happened with Wilson Contreras and how all of a sudden there were some leaks later on and some, well, Wilson did this and Wilson did that. You know what he he's putting it out there. I want to be here. I'm working my butt off. You know, the Cubs had a chance to, you know, go into extensions before Strowman even went into this year. And now he's having a great year. He just got that more expensive. Just, so just
3: keep that's fine. And the Cubs can the Cubs can afford it. Keep doing what you're doing and it'll all work out. Either you're gonna get a Brinks truck from the Rickets or you're gonna get it from somebody else. But I think sometimes you got to know when to just keep your mouth shut, keep performing like you are, and you're gonna get paid. So I think maybe, you know Stroman, maybe Strowman maybe, if he, then, maybe if he, he'll show up to CubsCon Crowley. Maybe he'll then sh- decide to come to CubsCon.
0: I'll invite him personally, but Strowman is one of those guys that, that he isn't going to be quiet. He, you're not that's not him. That just isn't him. And if that that's the thing, is that you take the good with the bad, and that's the same as it was with Wilson Contreras or Carlos Zambrano or anything. Those are guys that say what they gotta say, they put play with their hearts on the sleeve and they live with their hearts on the sleeve. And so that that's just it. And I just like I said, I just
3: I, I would be happy to keep Strowman around. We'll see what happens. There's no, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to run them out, Crowley. Don't, 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 don't misunderstand. I, I, I don't, but I don't know what it's, it's June 12th. There's a ton of time left. Okay. The Cubs, the the Cubs can operate on their own timeline. They don't have to do anything. Nothing's going to change other than you're right. It's going to cost them more money, which they have. We all agree they have it, right? They all, they have the money. So spend it, right? I hope so. Now, we said Strowman's
0: going to be an all star. All-star selections voting first round has just come out. You've probably gotten these tweets that show you or, or, or the emails. Uh, Mancini, Horner, Swanson, Wisdom, Gomes, Bellinger, Suzuki, Hap, and Morrell. Vote for them. Um, the first up, updates have just come out right now, and you can take a look here. Uh, this is from Megan Montemuro. She said, Cubs and top voting at respective positions. Uh, Dansby Swanson's in fifth place at shortstop. Trey Mancini, fifth in first base. Christopher Morel fifth in DH. Nico Horner, eighth in um, second baseman. Jan Gomes, eighth. Patrick Wisdom, eighth. Cody Bellinger, eighth. And Saya Suzuki, tenth.
3: The only person that deserves to be on this list and should be way higher is Dansby Swanson and maybe Nico Horner. But Dansby Swanson should be winning at short. He should be the starting shortstop for the National League. There is no question in my mind about that. Well, I so took maybe a look the same, say the same group of people are voting, and that's why a bunch of these guys are fifth. But again, also there's a long way to go in this process.
0: Right. First base: Freddie Freeman, Pete Alonso, and Matt Olson are your top three. Now, right. second base—that's where you all were way asking. better,
3: all way better than Trey Mancini. Right. All but but I don't.
0: Luis Arias is, is has had a phenomenal year. There's no way he's not number one. Ozzy Albie's and Nolan Gorman from the Cardinals, Miguel Vargas and Jeff McNeil round out the top five. That's that, that's a tough group, Dustin. He could be, but I mean,
3: I'm saying I think he could, I think we could see him top five. I'm not saying he should be number one or two, but I think top five. I think eight's a little low.
0: Right. Maybe eight's a little bit low. And then uh, if you're looking, Orlando Arcia, the Braves up there, Francisco Lindor's number two, Xander Bogart's three, Matt McClain four, and Dansby Swanson five. I agree that Dansby should be higher than a couple of those guys.
3: No doubt about it. No doubt about it, Carly, but Other again, we, that, got plenty, like. we got plenty, we got plenty, we got plenty of time. The, so obviously the front office is listening to the podcast because Nick Madrigal, uh, was called up and miles master or miles Mastacholi as a caller on the score called him, uh, was optioned <laughs> down to Iowa. And then Madrigal all of a sudden started all three games against the Giants. Well,
0: I don't have a problem with it because he was hot coming in 488 oh, 850, right. 580 854 with this 2 weeks in the i Cubs. So if the guy's hot, I have no problem letting him play. That's fine. I mean, you know, that that's that works for me if you're going to do that, play the hot hand until he's not. You know what I mean? Right. The concern is glad I it happened.
3: To, I'm just glad it happened.
0: Yeah, and the concern I have is that the guy that was the most hot for the Cubs and he's still on our hot and not list, a Suzuki didn't play the last two games with what they're calling general soreness. He didn't play Saturday or Sunday, and David Ross said he's got some soreness. I think he's a little bit under the weather, so we'll give him one more day. I think he's not feeling 100% as a whole. He's not injured. He'll be fine. I think we're pretty confident in that. So, say I had multiple hits on the last game against the Angels, had multiple hits in the first game against the Giants, didn't play Saturday and Sunday. So, Cubs really need him to be okay, if you get
3: what I'm saying. Absolutely. I'm not going to believe it or not for once. I'm not going to go overboard about this, but he better be in the lineup and he better be in the hot category when they take on the pirates starting on Tuesday night.
0: Yeah. Last season, the pirates finished with a record of 62 and 100 tied for last in the NL central. The Cubs played the pirates 19 times last season and took the series 10 games to nine Cubs went five and four at Wrigley and five at five in PNC. The Pirates haven't been relevant since Jake Arrieta crushed their souls in the 2015 wild card game. I think Kyle Schwarber also put one out in the river. But years of acquiring draft picks and trades have this team on the edge of breaking out. Offseason key additions, ah, yes, Mr. Dick Mountain Rich Hill is still alive and pitching. Carlos Santana was a good acquisition. Andrew McCutcheon is back. Austin Hedges, Vince Velasquez. Harleen Garcia, Jin Man Choi from Tampa Bay, and then Connor Joe. So, a lot of good additions, some losses. We've talked about Mr. Newman uh, and uh, Kevin Newman, Zach Thompson, and Bryce Wilson. So, a lot of additions, not a lot of subtraction so far. So, you're going to have to. One kinda... of their best
3: young guys and one of their
0: best young players is out. Yeah. yeah. Fractured his age. O'Neill Cruz has been right. out. That, this guy, time. And that
3: guy's going to be special.
0: He's, he's a stud. And so you're looking right now, and I remember well, the first couple of weeks we kept saying, this ain't going to hold. This ain't going to hold. But guess what? The Pirates are, like you said, in first place, 34 and 30. They're seven and three in their last 10. So they are hot as a team. Milwaukee has lost four in a row, dropping them into second, followed by Cincinnati. The Cubs, nine games below 500, 28 and 37, four and six in their last 10. And we thought. Remember, we thought this wasn't going to last with Pittsburgh and it wasn't going to last with St. Louis, but you got Pittsburgh in first and St. Louis didn't last. I can't even remember the last time that happened.
3: Now, I, I'd love to get a guy like Chris Campka to look into that for us. Uh, that, that is that is really crazy. But here you go, Crowley. The Cubs have an opportunity to uh, make some hay starting uh, Tuesday night. Jamison Tyone, a former pirate. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, maybe he can finally uh, get a, a win for the Cubs. Well, he's been
0: pitching better as late, as we know, but uh, it's it's one of those things where I just don't ever feel comfortable when we make our predictions with him. Uh, Last time out, he went 5.1 innings, gave up five hits, five earned runs, had four walks and five strikeouts against the Angels. So he had been doing better previous couple games. He had his first win in San Diego where he went 5.2, and he gave up one earned run. And against Cincinnati, he only went 4.2, giving up four runs. So, I mean – you know what? What you you know when you look at his game logs and you look at what he's done here, you're just hoping he can get sometime somehow in the fifth and sixth inning, underneath four runs. So I'm just not really confident every time he takes the mound just ne- just yet.
3: But now would be a, a good a time as ever to get that uh, to get the thing going, right? Absolutely, it's it's got ha- That's the only way you're going to get on the run that
0: Jed Hoyer talk about is right. is you're talking about looking. R- to me, I look directly at Jamison Tyone, and I look directly at Hayden Wisniski and the entire hitting staff, you know, the, the, all the hitters. But right. those are the two guys that got to keep you in it. You can't just get – because this is not – the Cubs offense is not one. Yes, occasionally they have the big six, seven, nine run output, but in general it's two, three runs. That's about it. So just got to be more here. So Luis Ortiz is going for the Pirates. He's one and two with a 423 ERA. He's only started six games. Last time out against Oakland, he went five innings pitch, gave up 10 hits, but only two earned runs against St. Louis. Um, that was his previous start, but I don't believe he started that one. Or that was his previous game, but I don't believe he started that one. He's kind of been shuttling in between. Um, no, he did start it. He, was, uh, he started and he only went two innings and gave up one earned run. So I don't know if that was an opener move or what. But yeah, he's just really a guy that kind of a, a bizarre young man here. He's got he went against Seattle, gave up five hits, uh, uh three earned runs. So don't know a lot about Luis Ortiz. He's only 24 years old. So uh you, Pittsburgh is full of these young guys. He got called he was uh called up to the Pirates on May 9th, 2023. So he didn't start the year with the
3: Pirates. I hope we don't learn anything more about him except that the Cubs put up a big crooked number against him.
0: Agree. Game two, Drew Smiley. Um, you know, always keep seeing it like we've talked about, but just a guy that I could really, you know, I, I just need him to kind of really have a big game, really have a game, a shutdown type game. That to me would absolutely uh, be right what the Cubs need here. He did a really good job against the Angels last time. The guy got a loss, but he went six innings pitch, gave up seven hits, only two earned runs. So you can't really peg that on him. And then against San Diego, he went 5.2, seven hits, three earned runs. And then that Cincy start was a bad one. But in general, uh, he's been doing a good job, giving up just two or three runs here and there. But uh, the Cubs, like I said, just not a team that uh, you know scores a lot of runs. And then on the Pirate side, you got Dig Mountain, a.k.a. Rich Hill. I can't believe this guy's still in the league. And this one's got me nervous because I just got a feeling like the way that the Cubs hit or are, they're going to be flailing against these guys. We'll see what happens. Against the Mets last time out, he went seven innings and only gave up two earned runs. Against St. Louis, 6.2 innings, gave up one earned run. He had a really bad start against San Francisco, though he went six innings and gave up six earned runs. But in general, the the old man, I, I remember watching him start game one, or not game one, it was game three of the 2007 NLDS versus the uh, Diamondbacks. Gave up a home run on the first... Uh, <laughs> on the first battery he faced, first pitch he faced, I believe. But he's been, you know, he had a really bad start the second game against the White Sox, actually, uh, of the season. But since then, he's been pretty solid. And like I said, he's one of those guys that makes me nervous that he's going to have the, the Cubs hitters uh, off balance. And then in game three, we're going to have Marcus Stroman right here. And we talked about Stroman, the quality starts, the wins, the batting average against, everything just phenomenal. 6.2, two earned runs against San Fran. Six innings, zero earned runs against San Diego. And then, of course, that nine-inning, zero earned runs, only one hit against Tampa Bay. So the guy's just been absolutely phenomenal. He's going to go up against Johan Oviedo. Uh, Oviedo is 3-5 and five so far on the year. And, and he's had a pretty, like I said, just pretty solid start. But uh, against the New York Mets, he went – 6.1 innings, he gave up two earned runs against Oakland. Seven innings, gave up two earned runs. And against San Francisco, 4.1, he gave up one earned run, but he did have five walks to go with five strikeouts. So it's not like he's a guy that's been lighting it up either. So I'm, I'm hoping that very similar to what I thought with San Francisco, I think, you know, I like the pitching matchups, and I think it favors the Cubs. What doesn't favor the Cubs is the hot and not, Dustin.
3: Oh. I mean, I mean again that Seiya Suzuki is in the hot, and he hasn't played in the last two games is going to tell you a lot.
0: And it's, and the funny thing is, it really there there really is nobody close when you talk to the hot and not here. Like no. I'm like sitting here and I'm like I can't call this guy hot here. So it was um, Seiya Suzuki who I did have on the hot because he only missed two games, but in um, the last seven games he's been playing pretty well, and so hopefully. He can continue to uh, be successful. But when we talk about the knots, that's when we start to have a lot of problems here because the list of knots is just absolutely awful. When we take a look at Seah, he is six for his last 15. He got hot. He was slashing 400, 471, 533 in his last seven before he had to sit down. He had um, no home runs, no RBIs, but he did have two doubles. But then once you start going down there, it it, it 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 literally the third guy on the hot list would be Tucker Barnhart. So that's oh kind of- my <laughs> goodness
3: gracious! And the guy hasn't had a hit, first hit since May thirteenth. Crowley, yeah. come on, stop ta- it,
0: stop it. Uh, Dansby Swanson, you know we talked about him. He is struggling two for his last twenty three nine strikeouts to two walks. That's a slash line of .087. 0.160, 0.87. That is well, just the strikeouts. Awful.
3: The strikeouts is what concerns me the most there. that That's what bothers me the most of the strikeouts.
0: Ian Happ, not much better, a little better. Three for his last 20, no home runs, no RBIs. He's uh, slashing 150, 346, 150. So, just another guy that these, those are two guys that you just can't have being that bad.
3: I would consider batting him leadoff to start the Pittsburgh series.
0: I've heard that before, and and you know he has work been some walking, walks. Get out, yeah. Yep, I'm
3: not
0: I'm not uh, against that situation, so we'll see what happens there.
3: All right, As- so the Pirates come into town, Crowley. Who do we have to watch out for? Because I think I think in this segment last week you mentioned Jock Peterson.
0: Yep, and this time it's Key Brian Hayes, who's 11 for his last 26. He has four RBIs, slashing 423, 423. 577 another guy local guy made good jack sawinski has five for his last 15 he has two home runs and four rbis that guy is slashing 333 389 800 slug and all i can tell you is every time this guy comes to wrigley field his family comes out and everything he just does nothing but hit the snot on the ball so please be careful with jack sawinski uh, as far as the knot is concerned, you know, Carlos Santana is the big free agent signing, three hits in his last 19 at bats, one home run, RB, one RBI. So he's slashing 158, 273, 316. And Andrew McCutcheon, he's back three for his last 16. He's got no home runs, two RBIs, but he's slashing 188, 481, 188. But that's a guy who loves playing at Wrigley as well. So just be on the lookout.
3: All right. Thank you for the tip. We'll be watching. Hopefully the Cubs are paying attention to who's hot and who's not as well, buddy.
0: Absolutely. Prediction time? Absolutely. I, I'm going Cubs take two out of three. I, I'm i I'm feeling some home cooking looks good. I, I, I like the Marcus. I think that they have two games that I feel that they really, truly have a chance to win with Stroman, automatically putting that in the win column. And so you got to just take one out of the next two, one from either Jamison Tyone and Drew Smiley. I'm hoping that it's the Juice Smiley one, but uh, we'll wait and see on that one.
3: Yeah, well, Crowley, what I am hoping for is that uh, they win the first two, and then we are going for the sweep with uh, our guy, Marcus Stroman, on the mound, and that's when it's all going to happen. So let's go get three. I, I, I am calling for a sweep at Wrigley Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday against the first-place Pittsburgh Pirates.
0: This is your chance. You got six out of your next nine games against the team. It
3: makes a big hay here. You make a big. Yes, move right sir. Now. Yes, sir. So let's get
0: excited. Go to Wrigley Field. Cheer on the Cubs. I will not be there. I will be in Myrtle Beach. So be paying attention to the socials as we will be there to kind of uh, show you what's going down in the beach.
3: All right, I can't wait to see that. That's a wrap, Crowley. Don't forget to listen, download, review. Most importantly, subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W on Facebook and on Instagram. Email us, flythew670gmail.com. Now you can watch us on YouTube by subscribing to 670 to Score YouTube channel. Let's sink those pirates. Go Cubs. It's all over.